and he's coming towards me. And David Silva's not like, he doesn't look strong or anything like that. And I don't really know his game. And there's someone right on his back. So I didn't pass him the ball, you passed it somewhere else. It. Yeah, yeah. So like, I can't give it to him. So I gave it somewhere else. And he was telling me off. He said, why don't you not give me the ball? I was like, well, because there's someone behind you. He says, no, no, that's when I want the ball because that's when he's in control of the situation. And that's the first time I'd ever really played with someone who thought about the game through that lens. I try and say that to the lads at five aside and they still don't give me the ball. Yeah, there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> I'm not going to, I, I, I refuse to engage with that. I refuse to engage with that. Next. The official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here. So we, we relaunched the podcast um, in 2023. We've done 20 episodes since then. So we thought it'd be a nice opportunity for us to sit down and have a conversation about um, where we're at and, and how much we've enjoyed it. So, Paul, I'm going to start with you um, because we did a few episodes before you came and, and, and joined us on any. What's your perception of, of the podcast? What makes this podcast interesting for, for City fans across the world? I think there's lots of reasons. You know, we we all see them on the pitch on a Saturday. We see them in clips and City TV on the websites as well. But getting a, an insight into what they're like as people, you know, their families, um, especially the foreign lads, how they felt moving over, um, how they've integrated into Manchester away from the football. And um, probably the biggest thing I've got out of all of them, and, you, you know, you can see it on the pitch, but how close they are as a group. You know, just um, every single one that you speak to talks about um, the harmony in the group, um, the team spirit. It's an old cliche and everything else, but that really, that's the thing that really comes across. And, and the honesty from them as well. You know, some of the some of the ones we done um, beforehand were thinking, can we ask on this question? How how much do we delve into their background and everything else? Um, but the, the players were absolutely fantastic, and you know they were. As I said, that they were honest with what they said, and a lot of the things that did come out, they didn't have to come and do it. So, fantastic insight for the fans. Nadim, same question to you. I mean, what what do you think um, makes it so good? I think it's the stuff that Paul's saying there, because like with players, the story which they can't get wrong is their own. Yeah. You know, so when they start telling it, it's coming from a place where they know it better than anybody else. I think from the outside, we think we we know these people. We think we know the setup. We think we know what they need to do to be successful. But every time we sit down, we learn something new about the individual, about the football club. So you sit there and you just, you forget sometimes like what I do anyway. I'm meant to be working, but I'm also just listening, yeah. if you know what I mean? Because sometimes they'll take you on these stories, whether it's say Kyle right at the start or someone younger like Erling that we had recently. And it's really fascinating. And I think the audience, when they listen in, they know that they'll hear something different on this show compared to anywhere else, because here, this is where they're most open. They do. Yeah, they do all feel quite quite relaxed, don't they? Put Paul's um, point there about team spirit and, and togetherness that does come through. Um, and that's something we hear, to be fair, not just from the players, but from coaches who I speak to and all that kind of stuff, that the group is so together. Do you think, that have you picked up on that as well? Oh, 100%. Like, they, um, they are very quick to mention other people that they play with and work with, whether that's just players, like staff, like the kit men, anyone and everyone. I think that's part of the culture of the football club. When one person says it, says, okay, well, maybe you'll believe it. When everybody says it and everyone's saying the same thing, like they're just being open and honest. And it sounds like, I'll be honest, a fantastic place to work, a fantastic place to play, if you know what I mean. And yeah. I think it explains a lot, not just about their ability, but the culture that they have to be able to be successful. It's very easy to come out and 
press conferences and interviews and say, oh, the team spirit's fantastic. Nobody at any team in the country is going to come out and say, no, the team spirit's rubbish. But when you sit and speak to the players, that's the one thing that's genuine yeah. and genuinely shines through. It's, it's in their own words as well, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, That's yeah. the key thing. It's not the same sentences or phrases. They're saying it in their own way. It might be that it's taking their game to a new level. It might be, oh, I really get on with this person or I love the city, I love the facilities or anything. They're saying it how they want to say it. The underlining thing is it's all the same. Mm. The same if they all come message. out and say the same thing, you would think it's a bit scripted. They've exactly. all done it in their own yeah. way. Yeah, I'm not sure if you would have noticed as well, George, but like nobody's asking them a question about team spirit. They're coming out and saying it themselves. Yeah. And I think that's when you know that it comes from a good place when you know you don't need to be prompted to be able to say it. That's Robin and I on our questions list, just go in team spirit. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> we can that confirm one. that. That one can go, yeah, we're all <laughs> yeah. done, yeah. George, you've co-hosted a couple. Um, what are your... Um, experience, you know, so far, have you, you you enjoyed doing them, and 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 um, what was, what's your approach when when you're coming on to one? You know, how how do you trying to get the best out of one of our guests? Yeah, I've I've loved it. I've loved the experience, not just in terms of like having the opportunity to speak to players on a more relaxed setting, because I mean, hopefully, I'm come across quite approachable. But when you've got a massive camera behind you after a game, a lot of players probably don't want to speak to you. So, mm-hmm. being in a relaxed setting with people that they know who've been there and done it as well means that I feel like you can relax as well and sort of let the conversation flow as, as you want. Um, in terms of preparation, um, the first one that I was lucky enough to do was with Jill, Jill Rod. Um I've, I've spoken with Jill before, really, really get on with her, really like her, but I was very nervous um, and I had my, I felt very sort of ready for an exam. I had my list ready of questions. I was like, right, I've done my research here, done my research here about five minutes in it all just goes out the window doesn't it and you you just have your conversation and really enjoy it so obviously preparation is key still but like having that relaxation letting your shoulders drop and just go right let's just see where this goes is a really nice approach and something unique i think which is why podcasts in general and this podcast are so are so good and so effective me and nadam we researched for weeks before. Oh we my gosh, so many weeks. <laughs> so many weeks. We know so everything glad. about everything. Preparation and everyone. in front of these pair. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I had to introduce myself to <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. I would echo that though, because I do the same. I will come um, with lots of stats and information. And I agree with you. Often, within a few minutes, you realise that this is just a conversation. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we have two ex-pros as well, which I think brings a nice balance because you've got... Um, kind of a, f- a fan's way of looking at things and, and you know we will ask certain questions but then I think the players open up a little bit more Absolutely. when they realise that they're, they're sat with which brings me to one of my favourite episodes actually which was the Kovacic one yeah. he was very interested <clears throat> in, in you and your career wasn't he there was two or three occasions where he was kind of trying to tie what his experience what was the equivalent experience 15, 20 yeah. years ago when you were playing which I, I, I thought was really really interesting it was it, it, Caught me in the hop a little bit because no, I wasn't expecting it. You know, you're sitting there and you're you're listening to him talk and you're thinking, how can I follow that up with the next question about careers? And he was very um, he was very humble in everything he done, but super super interested what it was like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. You know what the the aspect what the sports science and the physios was like, and it was like there was none. We had one physio and one assistant physio sort of thing, and but not just so much. He was generally interested not so much in my career, but what the club was like back then and where it is now, you know, and I think it shows that all the players that come into the club, they're not just coming for what the club is now, they're super, super interested in the history of the club, they want to know about the club and, and they want to be part of it, not just now, but what it was like back then. And uh, It was a great show, he was super, someday it's won five Champions Leagues. Mm. The humility oh, of the guy. Flex, was, isn't it? You said five. Five Champions wow. Leagues, you know, wow. and 
Um, and the story coming, um, crazy, I went to change room into Milan, where it was like, wow, it was only 18, wasn't it, when he went there? Yeah. And then going from into Milan into a Real Madrid changing room. It's winning multiple Champions Leagues and, and how he handled it and his relationship with Luka Modric, how he took him under his wing. Um, but it was it was great and how hungry he was to succeed. He was, he's not happy that he's just won all these Champions Leagues. He wants more and more and more. Mm. I remember when he said that, I mean, he'd learned so much. You, you, you talk about he's played for some of the biggest clubs in the world. He's won loads of trophies, but he said in the sort of few months he'd been at City. How much he'd learned. Yeah, he'd learned yeah. so much and peppered almost kind of... Um, you know, giving him a new way of, of seeing the game, which is quite a testament to the manager, really, isn't it? It is, and he actually said, and it was no disrespect to these wonderful clubs that he's played for, but he wish he'd came under Pep when he was 20, 21. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 28, 29 now, and he's learnt so much already. What would he have learnt if he came when he was 21? Do you have a favourite episode so far, Nadam? Um I've been very fortunate to do quite a lot of them. Um, recency bias would say the Haaland one, because that, uh, that was good value, because he's very good value. <laughs> Very, very good value. But I also liked speaking with Rico Lewis. Yeah. You know, listening to what he was like as a person, seeing what makes him who he is, the drive that he has, and speaking to him as someone who's basically a first year professional who's won everything in his first year as a professional. But then. Did you resonate with him from when you came through? Yes and no. In the in the in the time in the timing of it, in terms of how he got into the team, yes. But in terms of the conditions he had to play under, no. You know what I mean? Like, this was a kid who, you know, plays in the first part of the season, then in the second half of the season after the World Cup in winter, which is like unprecedented as we remember it. He's then playing a big part in City, trying to climb up to the top of the table. City trying to push on in the FA Cup. City trying to win a Champions League, and that's not really a soft introduction as such, yeah. you could say. Yeah. So to hear how he perceived it, to hear how like he's done all that. And he celebrated it, but he wants to be a bigger part of it going forward and how he's going to work to get that. I think that's quite inspirational. But then again, the next stage of that was speaking with Phil Foden. Like, that's the boy. You know what I mean? Phil's the boy, isn't he? Yeah. When you hear him talk and hear his story and his sort of like connection for the football to the football club and he's like, he's so easy to forget he's 22, 23. Seems like he's been playing for 10 years That's and he's mad. in his late 20s. I've seen a crazy start the other day there. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he's won a trophy on average every 15 or 16 games that he's played. Mean? Do you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. But, that, but, but yeah, I think I liked the Harlem one more than any other just because for as much as he's one of the biggest stars in world football, he's also one of the most humble people I think I've so ever heard within, yeah, within the world of football. And just fun as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Like he, just, he, he just wanted to have a good time. And he just loves fun. football. And he loves football. Loves that that football. was a, yeah, Nadal made football. that observation that um, not in like a really studious way, just in a really natural love of the game. You know, you can just tell, he, you said he, he he's online, he's very much online, he's yeah. following everything yeah. that's going on. But also, you can tell he's been watching Premier League football since you know yeah. since he was a kid and all that mm. kind of stuff, which was just it was great. The Rico one I did want to bring up actually because that was one of my favourites too, and I think the episode kind of really embodied who he is as a as a footballer. You know, I wrote a few words down: um, maturity, intelligence, and grounded. I think those were three things that really came through, and that's that's kind of who he is, isn't it? As, yeah. a, as a young lad, yeah, he certainly is, and I think. You know, he gave a lot of credit to his uh, to his parents and stuff, and you can you can see that. And that level of maturity is something that he's obviously had through the academy, but something that he really needed when he stepped into that dressing room with those players and entered this realm where like all the eyes are on you, and the only way to like not fail is to just win all the mm-hmm. time. You know, that's a very very intense pressure. But 
I think he's got his own ideas of how he wants to do it and those ways are ways which you can get behind because he wants to work hard, he wants to learn his craft and he wants to listen to those around him, make the most of his resources because I think some people say, you know, because you've got all this stuff here, it's easy and of course you'll be successful. But for some people, they don't maximise their potential in that surrounding. But for him, since we've spoken to him, I think he's an England international now as well, isn't yeah, he? He is indeed. The biggest bit with Rico, um, Phil, that we're talking about, um, and Oscar and the young lads that are coming through now, then Nadam will tell you. It's that maturity that Nadam spoke mm. about to go into a first-team dressing room because the, the one thing, you can be the best young player, the one thing you need to get is acceptance yeah. off the first-team players. And that's just not in, on the training pitch, that's off the pitch as well. Mm. So for them being so young and to have that maturity and professionalism to go in there and be accepted very very because it's tough I remember as a kid going into yeah. <laughs> you know they, yeah, they, they look at you on yeah. the training pitch and if they don't trust you they don't give you the ball it's a fact yeah. or somewhere else they don't talk to you in the changing room if they don't mm. think you're up to that level and I think it's a huge huge kudos to everybody involved in the academy and the young kids that are coming through you know you want to make make them feel comfortable in the group but you know it's it's, yeah, it's well, cut through it yeah. you know? and if they don't trust you they don't give you it I'm really sure. glad we we got him on um, during the tour because um, we'd, we'd watched him a lot um, the previous season in the EDS. Um, I'm very good friends with Brian Barry Murphy and he could not speak more highly of a footballer than he did of Oscar Bob. So when we had sort of half an opportunity to get him in uh, when we were in Japan, I really, really pushed for it because I had a feeling that he was going to have a big season and I can't wait maybe towards the end of the season or, or really next season to get him back get on. Him back on yeah. But just to see that confidence and, and that growth, you know, see whether we can we can recognise that in an interview for On the other side of that as well, um, sort of May, June time, we put a video out where it was Erling, Bunny, Carlos Borges and Justin Oboa, though, as the top scorers of each and the players reacted to them, to each other's goals. And um, it was a Carlos Borges goal and Oscar Bob picked the ball up and Erling instantly, his eyes lit up and he went, oh, is that Oscar? So mm. from that moment, then I was like, right, well, he's already gained that respect mm. and he's with the first team, he's embedded in there. They know him, they trust him already. So you earn that, as you've said, but to already have that before he'd even made a, a proper impact is mm. quite telling. I think Oscar's got a, a natural style as well that anyone who loves football is going mm. to like it, aren't they? So he's got Absolutely. that kind of... Uh, what, what, who, would your dream um, who would your dream guest be, George, if you, uh, if you had to choose? Uh... Dream guest. You know what? I mean, I've done a lot of work with the women's team. I'd love to get Jill Scott on. Mm -hmm. I think the, especially the last 12, 18 months that she's had since she's hung the boots up. And I mean, what a career she had, for one. But then to see what she's then gone on to do and she's now a, a mainstay in terms of punditry and media, how she's maybe reacted and coped with that newfound spotlight. Um, and also just generally, if you've had the chance to speak with her, she's just such a stand-up person as well. And, and she'd... She'd be another one that I think would really understand the assignment, have a bit of a laugh with it, quite self-deprecating, but also up for a bit of a, mm. a joke as well. So I think she'd be she'd be an absolute Let's belter. get Jill on. Yeah. Can you help us with that, Nathan? Do you know what? I actually can. Let's do I actually it. can. Now you said that, I've completely forgotten about Jill. Yeah. yeah I can Agent Nathan. Yeah, I can, I can sort that out. No dramas. Yeah. Fantastic. No dramas. That's a big call. That's a big call. Sorry, I'll take that back. Let's cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can't sort that out. No dramas. But yeah, I can, I'll, I'll speak to her. I'm sure okay. she'll be up for it. Good stuff. Paul, same question to you. If you had to pick a dream guest for you to come on and interrogate, who would it be? Uh, I've got, can I have two? One well, present and one past. Yeah, yeah, right. for it. yeah. Present, I would like to do Kevin. Yeah. Mm. Um, not just because look, he's absolutely, for me, the best midfielder in the world and has been for years and years yeah. and years. But to talk about how he's been in the four months he's been out, 
because he, he loves football. That's clear to see. Um, and it's a, it's a long journey back for him, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and everybody's been clamouring on coming back. Um, just asking a little bit, has he had to hold himself back um, and not push himself too much and, and what it's like now finally getting back into the team as well. Mm. So yes, about his career and everything else, but I would like to know that um, what his mentality was when he found out, obviously having to come off Champions League final and then looking to start the season flying and then getting injured in that game at Burnley, then having to have the operation and missing it, just how he's handled that himself. He won't look at it this way because he will have wanted to play, but if you look over the recent years, the amount of games he's played with European Championships, World Cups, Nations Leagues, and obviously all the success City have had, in some ways that four-month break where he's been, he's been to Dubai with his family yeah. and all that kind of stuff, it might not be the worst thing in the world. I spoke to him very briefly, because um, that was manic, wasn't it? After the Champions League final, and obviously did his hamstring, and, and he said then, this was before we knew he needed to have the operation and everything else, he said, it's actually going to be quite nice to have a summer off. Yeah. Hmm. And reset myself. Because I think there was seven, eight, nine, ten seasons in a row that he's not had a break. Yeah. And he was actually quite looking forward to having that break with his family. There was no international football, there was no going to be rushing back for pre season. Um, so, I, to add to your point, I think that family time that he's had might put a bit of perspective on it as well. Mm. Yeah. It's mentally as well, as much as anything, yeah. isn't it's it? It's the hardest thing. Just having that when break. Injured. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're in the treatment room, you're seeing the players going out training every day. You know, the squad goes up on yeah. a Saturday and you're not involved in it. You're there, but you're not. Even in. Yeah, you're right. And even like the sort of physical regression as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't run. You know, yeah. someone says today we're going to go and run. You try and run as quick as you can. And you just, you basically just walk in. You know, you can't kick anymore, stuff like this. And Things that's always came natural to you. Exactly. Yeah. I think you never finishes. had to think about before, yeah. Who was your other one? Your past um, guest. We've, we've spoke about him, um, Uwe. Yeah. Uwe Ross, cult hero with the fans. Um Obviously, I'm um, my ex-right partner. I made my debut up front alongside him mm. um, back in 1996. And I've got a few good stories about him that I'm going to pull him up on as well. On this pod? Okay, yeah. cool. Right. You know, the first my first game, I signed on the Friday, came on as sub on the Saturday. Uwe from the Friday to the Saturday on the coach, pre-match, going to Stoke, didn't speak to me. Right, okay. I came on at half-time, done all his running. Okay. And after the game, I sat next to him the coach and he says, me and you all do well. Today. <laughs> <laughs> he says, because you like to run here, there and everywhere, and I like to stay in okay. the box. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I've got yeah, your okay, number. That's fair. That's that fair. makes sense, like that, yeah. yeah. Well, let's try it. Let's try and get Uwe as well then, because you're it, right. Somebody else who absolutely loves the club as well. You know, he's. Yeah. it's easy for players to play for the club then go away and say, oh, the City fans, but he he has, you know, any, any chance he can get to come to games, finals, everything mm. else, he's, he's there. I used to do his celebration in the in the living room floor when I was eight or nine years old so uh, I'd love to have him on I, I think, think the fans would love it as well yeah he's uh, he is he, he's he's a real legend of the game isn't he um Nadam hmm. um, who do you have it's a good question there are quite a few from sort of like my time here we could think about say younger people and so on but I also would like to maybe speak with like a Richard Dunn or a Sylvan Distan mm. you know what I mean because they've got such a unique perspective on the club at that time, you know what I mean? And realistically, they were at times holding us together. Those two, definitely. Be good to get them on together, actually, because that's one of the best centre-back yeah. partnerships we, we've ever had. Donny's yeah. the most underrated player I've played with. Yeah. yeah. He was I phenomenal. Totally He's one of my favourites too. I've played with. played with him at City and at QPR as well, but top, top, top draw. Mm. I've got a few dream guests, actually. Oh, here we go. Here we go. How, how long <laughs> oh, I'll go last, guys. I'll yeah. go last, yeah. <laughs> Can I have five? Yeah. Is that right? No, I'm oh, here we go. Uh, I mean, I'll rattle through a couple. So one is Niall Quinn, for sure. Um, 
that's kind of yeah one of my first main city heroes and someone with a really interesting story even with like the Sunderland chairmanship years and I all was, that kind um, of stuff Quinny's boot boy at Arsenal you were yeah as a young 16 you do good job yeah his boots were bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> took me about three hours to clean one boot. Um, he was amazing with me. Amazing with me. And we've what kept a relationship ever since. What was that? Didn't have to deal with his disco pants as oh, well, did no. you? Just the boots. <laughs> that was later. <laughs> <laughs> what a player, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, sort of underrated in terms of his technical ability as well, I think. Because I think a lot of people look at him and think he was a big target man. I mean, absolutely not. He was unbelievable in the air, of course he was, and, and, and defenders couldn't handle him, but in terms of his touch and skill, and he could he could really play, couldn't he? He was a fantastic footballer. Technically, he was unbelievable. Yeah. As you said, people look at Quinny and see him, was it six foot six, six foot five, and obviously, yeah, good in the air. Um, he was strong as well. People look at him and think he was quite gangly mm. and everything else. He, no. he was strong. Um, and if you talk to a lot of centre-halves around about that time, who the hardest player they had to play against, a lot of them mm. say Nile. Mm. Um, because his hold up play, getting in the box, his finishing was unbelievable with both feet. Um, and just a bit away from that, I just smile because he's just one of the nicest guys. You know, funny, very, very funny. Um, very intelligent. You know, you look at his career on the pitch and you look at his business head off the pitch. And I remember him talking business wise when I was, God, going back to 1990, 1991. There was a young kid listening and changing rooms. You know, players are talking about what they're going to do after. Are we going to go and play snooker? And Quinny's talking about what businesses he's thinking of doing. Yeah. Now. So he was way ahead of his time. Very smart man. Yeah. Well, there's another one. Let's add that to the list. Mm. Now we'll Quinn. Well, add your one to the list, yeah. Okay. Yeah, on. add my one onto the list for sure. <laughs> not still with any of ours now. Exactly. Forget the others. Alfie Harland is another one. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. the other day because, you know, probably. Um, should have mentioned it when we spoke to Erling, but City fans don't forget certain things. And I think one of the reasons they still love Alfie is, he's, I think it was his debut, I think it was the first game of the season, um, in the 2000-2001 season, I'm pretty sure. And we went to Charlton, and it was <clears throat> it was red hot, and the, the coach on the way down there was really, it was kind of like insufferable, you know, it was really, really horrible journey. Um, and Charlton had been promoted with us, and if we were going to stay up, they were the kind of team yeah. that we had to beat, and we got absolutely smashed 4-0. Um, Sadly, I'm Joe for that, because he put me on the bench for that. Yeah. Right, well, that, there we go. <laughs> it was a, it was a poor, yeah. I mean, it, it, was a, it was an abject yeah. uh, performance. We got completely outplayed. And from my memory, and this might be wrong, I probably should go back and check, but he was one of the only one, if not the only one, who came over and applauded the fans at the end. And then I think that famous story when he paid for the petrol. petrol. I think that was the same day. Um, and City fans don't forget stuff like that. And that's why there was that famous footage um, that emerged a couple of years ago before Erling signed, where he was in an, he was at an away game, I think, Alfie. Mm. And in the concourse at half-time, they had him on like you know everybody's shoulders and were singing his name and stuff. And I think I really like... I mean, all football fans uh, you know, take a great interest in their team, but I do think City fans, uh, they love stuff like that. You know, people who... You know, same for you, Paul. You know, the, your style and the way that you um, applied yourself and approached the game—that's never been forgotten. I think City fans really appreciate stuff like that. So, it'd be nice to get him on as well. I think. Alfie, if you're watching, you're coming on, mate. I can sort that. There we go. There's another one on the list. Yeah, another one of yours. Yeah. Another I'll take that back. Right? I might be able to sort. Just yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll send a message. <laughs> what does the future of this podcast look like, Nadam? What? What? How would you evolve it? How would I evolve it? Yeah, what do we need to be doing to keep it, you know, keep it moving? A couple of new presenters. Oh, without a doubt. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, um, 
I don't know, probably have more engagement with the listeners and the fans, I think. Yeah. I think to have more of a, like, a be able to have more of a back and forth with them, you know, them sending in stuff, whether it's email, whether it's social media, whatever. Because, like, if you feel more involved, like, you will always watch it, you know. Yeah. There's never going to be a down episode where it's like, oh, maybe not this, maybe not that. And I think being connected to them is the key thing because ultimately, like, it's like they're here with us in this room. That's the way that I like to think about it. And if, so, if, if there were, say, in theory, 100 people in this room, I wouldn't want them to just stay silent. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to say like, oh, what about this? What about that? How about so on? So I think a level of engagement, I think the players are starting to understand and buy into it now. Yeah. I think they understand that it's a non-hostile place. Mm. And I think the podcast will get better and better and better because now it's a known entity amongst the inner group. And I think from the outside, I think as Paul said, I'm not sure if it was off air or not, there are people asking to come on, yeah. you know? And that is a That's really good, good sign. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good sign for where we're going. I was going to ask earlier in Harland to ask John Stones if he had come on because I think he's my from current players he would yeah. be my. Uh, he wants my, another one. My, he wants another pick. I'm adding that to the list. This, well. this is this year official the official Man Sh City podcast Shall of Rob Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a word. Yeah, we'll have a word. Yeah, we'll. Sure, I, I, he would have been on mine. To be fair, I will. I'll back you on this one, Rob. Yeah. Don't go looking for support, you. Go on. Don't, <laughs> Don't go looking for no, support. Like, like you care anyway. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna ask the same question to you about keeping it moving, mm. developing. You know what? What? What can we do? You know what? What can we do to keep it? Uh, keep yeah. it fresh. I think it'd be lovely to speak to high-profile city fans that aren't necessarily players or former players. So from different walks of life. Traits, yeah. Well, got to get our contact book out as well. We can't just rely on you to the producer Oliver wants Clive Myrie from the BBC, who's a City fan. And I think producer Oliver also wants Jackie Chan on as well, because apparently he's a City fan. I've got no idea, but it's been mentioned a few times. Well, that would be brilliant, just sort of because you can still have that City conversation and keep it, obviously, keep it relevant to why they're on, but then also learn more about another area and another sport, another occupation, whatever it is. and Branch it out that way, maybe. I'd like to take it on the road at some point. I'd like to do a live yeah. podcast. Mm. Um, you know, you talk about fan interaction. I'd like to have a, an audience of, of City fans at some point. Maybe that's something we can look to do if um, if we're still here in 12 months' time, still doing these things. You know, that well, would be... Do you know when you said on the road, I was in my head I, was think, I wasn't thinking live podcast as such. I was thinking you're trying to go and see someone in the south of Spain or something. Oh, no. Well, or you're well, trying we'll, to go yeah, to like, well. Italy or wherever. <laughs> Yeah. You, me, you caught me off guard there. I'm Instead, happy. I'm just on Deansgate. Like. I'm happy to do that. No, okay. well, I was thinking like the football Chester museum or something, you know. But see Mario, naturally. Yeah, let's check in on Mar yeah. Mario. Mario. I'm going to see David Silva. Mario. Yeah. David, yeah. He was doing his wine thing. Well, that's. What's the wine thing? That wasn't at the forefront of my mind. So mate. David Silva is a very keen, interesting grapes, and he's got his vineyard. And he's got his vineyard, and he's, he's oh, producing so that's wine. wine thing. So why don't we yeah. go over there and do them at his vineyard? Do the podcast first. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with that. Sold. In terms of on the road, you know, to your point, I think when we did the episodes on tour, I enjoyed that. And I think, you know, obviously the football club will, will continue to go on tour, um, hopefully for the women as well in the in the future. And we should look to to try and activate while we're while we're there as well. What about you, Paul? Is there anything I'm you'd just like I'm to not gonna copy her, but just reiterate what what Nadam said. I think if if we're done a live with a getting the fans in there and to interact with the players, get their own questions and, as you said, not just to sit there and listen, mm. but to be part of it as well. You know, mm. I think something we would love, I think the players would appreciate it and the questions are getting asked and 100% the fans would love that. Mm. Nadam, what about the Carl Walker episode? That was our first. It was, yeah. After the relaunch. It was. What are your memories of that one? Oh, this is going back some now, isn't it? Um, 
was when was this? When was it? Was this last season? It was last season. So this was the time when there was like speculation that like better research would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This was this was the time when wasn't there when there was speculation that like people saying, Oh, Kyle, he can't play right back in this system and so on and so forth, right, 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 blah blah blah. Mm. And then he sat down and he told us what was what, told us how he felt in any particular situation, told us how driven he was, how driven the team is. And this is before they'd won anything that season. And you could see he had a belief in himself and all those around him. And he also showed the sort of nuances of like the highs and lows of being a player, really open and honest from that standpoint. This is someone now, as we look today, he's the captain of the football club, you know. But at the time of recording, I'm sure some people from the outside would have said he's probably on his way. Mm. But instead, as I say, he form, forms an integral part of what that second half of the season was. Wins the three trophies of Champions League, then proceeds to win even more trophies in the next year. Even after speculation, saying that he was going somewhere else. So, I uh, looking back, it's it's a nice little like anchor point to see how things change. Absolutely. Football can change quite like quickly. Yeah. I remember watching it. Um, yeah. The one thing that came out from... Kyle was um, a determination to prove people wrong. Yes. And that yes. was just watching it from the, the outside, not knowing mm. the questions that were getting asked beforehand or anything else, just watching it. He'd, he had that little glint in his eye mm. um, to go out there and show everybody what it was all about. Mm. Fast forward five, six months, whatever it is, and I think we can say that that's happened. Have we got a question for one another? George, have you got a question you'd like to ask? Yeah, I, I initially wanted to ask who you'd want in future, and then you obviously saw my notes and... <laughs> so when I've been staring into space Plagiarism, I've been thinking yeah. what am I going to do here um, I suppose the key one for me would be if there was a player it's someone that you could have played with and obviously someone that you could have just enjoyed watching as a, as a fan so you can answer as well obviously Rob is, is there a player that you feel doesn't get the recognition they fully deserve from elsewhere so you mentioned Richard Dunn earlier I don't mm. know if he'd be your answer mm. but yeah, play you played with or past watched, or present, or it doesn't matter. Either, yeah. Either. That is. Think about that. Yeah, that is a good question. Yeah. Um, in past, yeah, like I say, I was so fortunate because when I first started playing, I, I was playing right back. I wasn't a right back, but I was playing right back. Ahead of me was Sean Wright Phillips, having the best season of his career. To the left of me was Richard Don, who was in his third Player of the Year award out of four. And then the one which he didn't get was because the person next to him was Sylvain Destin yeah. getting that one. But still, Dunn and Distan, to me, I hold them in the same regard as how I do company and Lescott, in the same regard as how I hold like uh, Stones and Diaz or whoever the partnerships are now. And I know each stage is different, but they're all just as important for whatever the team was in that time. So I think those two centre-backs, for me, incredibly underrated because I know people did not want to play against them. It, it was good. It, nice to hear you say the phrase before they held us together because that's how it felt, you know, yeah. from the stands and, and to actually hear a player say that. And mm -hmm. and they did have that, uh, you know, you mentioned some great partnerships there and a lot of centre-back partnerships, they have that balance of attributes. Mm -hmm. And we had the left foot, right foot. You had one who was a bit more um, classy on the ball and one who was uh, very strong, physical, but deceptively quick Richard Dunn as well by the way and together they just it just worked yeah, didn't it top, yeah it top. worked and they were best of all as a young player as Paul was saying earlier it can be quite daunting to enter a first team environment but those two were magnificent for young players because they knew that even if you weren't at your absolute best at any particular point you were still there for a reason yeah. mm -hmm. so they gave you the opportunity to grow if you made a mistake like they'd tell you it was a mistake but they wouldn't like chastise you for the fact you've made a mistake 
because you don't know the game the way that they do at that point. Mm. And I think, as we all know, like players make mistakes on the field, off the field, and so on. And I think their understanding of that as you came in, like if those two weren't there, especially Dunny, the 30, 40 players that made it through the academy at that time probably end up having different careers to the ones that they had because he was integral as captain as well. Mm. Paul, same question to you, please. Uh, present, the, the obvious one's KDB. Um, being a forward, it must be an absolute dream. You know, you just, you would just have to make your run and not even look up. And then the, the only thing I can get close to is being a young kid going back to the Arsenal days was Dennis Bergkamp. This um, guy is flexing on us. Wow. Wow. But, but, but wow. Even, even in training as a forward, if you made a run and Dennis had the ball, he could be five yards away, 10 yards, 20, 40, 50. You wouldn't have to look over your shoulder to see what was yeah. coming. And Dennis just used to say, a young kid, just make the run and I'll find you. Not in an arrogant way, but in a, I will yeah. find you. And I think it's the same with Kevin, you know, when mm. he's got the ball in that inside right area or inside left and he just takes that touch. Everybody knows defenders know where the ball's going. Mm. They can't stop it. Mm. So as a striker, you've just got to get yourself in the right position to go and finish it off. Dennis mm. Burkamp walks into the best Premier League eleven of all time. He was opinion. it was ridiculous, Rob. Yeah. Because we don't have that much time, I won't question that. I'll yeah. just let it be. Okay. Yeah. But I could easily oh, I mean, push back against I that. I mean he does. No, that, that's what uh, you're probably younger than me, yeah. so you probably yeah. didn't yeah. see him. Yeah. But, uh, the first, second and third in goal of the month one. Yeah. One. Yeah. And like do you know what I loved about him as well? He was obviously everybody's seen him as this touch elegant. He was nasty. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's he, true. Did, yeah. he didn't mind leaving a bit. Oh no, no. Yeah. You know, that side to him. Yeah, especially his first season. I think you could see all these big hairy centre halves thinking he's getting it, and he, he could take it and he mm. could dish it out as well. Mm. Rob, we'll stick a pin in that, and maybe that'll appear on yeah. the podcast at some point. <laughs> okay, okay, because yeah. that, yeah. that will be mentioned again. Yeah. Okay, yeah. is he the player you don't think got the recognition they deserved? I mean, it's a funny one because Burkamp is clearly held up as a great, but I do think they might be a slight. Underrated yeah. thing because I'm not sure most people. I'm, I'm biased for me. Why, why would you point your hand at me? Say for most people. I, I don't think most people. I, would I, I literally him watched him. I Premier think. League, in fact, Premier League did eleven. When did he? When did he leave Arsenal? Oh six. So yeah. probably played against him. Good research. Yeah. So. And I'm yeah. sure he had you on toast. Pal. I'm sure it was one-one in the game. Actually, <laughs> I'm sure it was one-one. But anyway, this is a yeah. City podcast. Enough of this Burkamp yeah, talk. Seriously, yeah, seriously, Paul. Past uh, David Silva. I know it's recent yeah. past as well. Um, obviously, you, you hear Jolene talk about him. You hear players in the squad at the same time. Not even just to just to train with him and see how good he was. Mm. Um, we all know how he was. And I remember going one of the pre-seasons to the States. I don't know if it was Pep's first or anything else. I'm watching the first training session. And obviously, there was Aguero, there was KDB, there was Vinny. There was all these wonderful... And he was just a level above, mm. taking the ball in tight areas, people up his backside, people in front, and two or three people, and just his awareness, his speed of thought, his yeah. touch, and everything else. Just to, I just think it would have been an honour. It was an honour watching it, watching the training sessions out there, and just seeing how good he was. Because you think you know how good they are, and then you actually see them live in that environment, yeah. and you've no idea. Um, so to be able to be in the pitch with David Silva, one of the best players Manchester City I've ever had. Yeah, I think um, to call it an honour is right and I didn't do it for long but I did train with him and play with him I remember there was a game we were playing and I had the ball and bear in mind this is like a different city kind of making a transition or whatever I had the ball and he's coming towards me and David Silva is not like it's not like strong it doesn't look strong or anything like that and I don't really know his game and there's someone right on his back so I didn't pass him the ball you passed it somewhere else it. yeah no. so like I can't give it to him so I gave it somewhere else and he was telling me off. He said, why don't you not give me the ball? I was like, well, because there's someone behind you. 
says, no, no, that's when I want the ball because that's when he's in control of the situation. And that's the first time I'd ever really played with someone who thought about the game through that lens. Yeah. I try and say that to the lads at five aside and they still don't give me the ball. Yeah, there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I, I, I refuse to <laughs> engage with that. I refuse to engage with that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next. Do you have a question for, well, you're not asking me what. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll ask, I'll ask George and you can Do you ask. have a question for George? Yeah, well, George touched on it before mm. about um, nicking his notes. I remember mm. when we'd done the bunny show and we're chatting about what questions we're going to ask and and everything else and by the time it came to me you had no questions to ask us he had nicked all the questions <laughs> already yeah 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 <laughs> so could you do your own research next time please <laughs> is that rhetorical or yeah. <laughs> on the subject as well talking about bunny um i mean obviously not my not my finest hour was it paul at the, uh, at the no, end it wasn't i can vouch for that no <laughs> what um, happened so uh, without going into too much detail i've got a lazy eye and i've got no depth perception so okay. I'm, I'm terrible Terrible excuses coming out already. I know, yeah, <laughs> well, we've got to get them in first, haven't I? Because it's so bad. I'm terrible at handshakes and high fives, all this. I, I basically just miss people. So I made this really conscious effort when Bunny came in to actually meet her hand and be like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this one right because it's on camera and I know what, I know what you're like, I know what you're like, uh, and I know what the solid producers people, are like. Yeah, upstanding yeah. citizens. I'd be yeah. seeing it for years on end if I'd missed the handshake. So I, I nailed it. I went in. Grabbed the hand, squeezed eye contact with Bunny, and was like, "Hi, Bunny, welcome to the podcast." And like, she grimaced, and I was like, "Oh God, I'm not, not that bad, am I?" And I looked down; she had a cast on her so hand. You see, the cast was a look, a clue, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I started when I got a lazy eye. I can't see. I it. just sat down. I wanted to get up and walk back out again. <laughs> yeah, I think she needed to be fair yeah. until yeah, you she started talking to her. She took it well, to be fair. She did. Yeah. She's why she shouldn't always stay on a script. You know what I mean? You I thought know. the right thing to do is to shake someone's hand firmly. Well, I know. maybe not if they've got a. Yeah. I was waiting for to come out of the podcast and have about fifteen missed calls from Gareth Taylor being like. She's out for weeks. What have you done? All this, but yeah, I think if she'd been a goalkeeper, it might have been a bit different. But this is true. Yeah. Strong start. I know. Yeah. It, it was a classic. You know, when you wake up at like two in the morning, and you're like, oh my god, why did I do that? Yeah. So, yeah. You, have you had any weird handshakes, Rob? <laughs> yeah. What about you and handshakes? What's going on? What do you prefer? Do you see, prefer I... like the the knuckles or do you prefer <laughs> handshakes? What's your preference? Just so I know for next time. See, I um I don't have a lazy eye, and my depth perception is fine. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't have an excuse. We, to be fair, we both kind of messed up. But it's an iconic... I was going to say, it does take two to tango. And does, yeah. the, the dreadful... I, mean, I don't even know what it was. What, what it was, was sort was, of a dance. Who Two hands dancing, did, sort of. Did I go to... Not in sync. So did I go to dap you up or did I go to oh, shake your hand? I, I can't remember. I, don't, I, I mean, to deconstruct that would be... It would take us hours. Um, it, was, it, was, it was shocking. It, it really was. So just stick to hugs next time. I mean, I haven't got... <laughs> much of a reputation to uphold anyway but uh, whatever was left got completely obliterated yeah, by it's that gone, yeah it's gone abomination it's, it's iconic it. we should we should find a way to post that on something social so. well somebody's done god's work and made it into a gif yeah um, and it's used kind of any time in a whatsapp group where two people agree on something it's kind of flashed up as a kind of yeah yeah we're on the same page it's the beauty of working with very talented video editors isn't it yeah There's one where we played our like our annual staff game at the end of the year and um 
you scored, to be fair, fair play, you scored an absolute worldie, top corner, and then ran off to celebrate with Nedham, and then they've got the handshake over the top of it. <laughs> that was that was brilliant. Yeah. This is what we do. I, yeah. think, I think the audience will see it. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I didn't, get a, I didn't play either. They wanted um, to make it fair. It never happened, it's fantasy, yeah. it never happened. Never the staff game, yeah, I don't know. Never happened, he's big time anyway. After I scored our trick in the last one, I've not been invited back. So I oh, set a couple of up, I seem to remember as well. Yeah, you did. Well, maybe we'll post the highlights to them <laughs> to to mitigate the disaster of the handshake. But yeah, no, we will. We'll um, we'll put it out there in some form or another Yeah. for those who didn't didn't get to see it the first time. <laughs> it's the best bit of any podcast <laughs> we've had, guests, anything. That's a sad indictment of this podcast. <laughs> uh, Rob. Cool. So, human nature suggests <laughs> that like we like certain people more than we like others, yeah. But do you think there is sort of like room within your mind and body to interview someone associated with City who maybe you didn't like, but then to sort of like fall for them based on say the interview that you have? Yeah, I think it's happened. I won't give a specific example, but that that's happened before. Yeah, okay. we have a kind of preconceived idea of someone, and then. It's like anything, you know, because sometimes you see someone from a distance mm. and you're kind of making uh, making your mind up. And then when you actually have the, the opportunity or the privilege, which obviously it is for us a lot of the time because we're speaking to such interesting um, interesting people, they can change your perception when you really start to dig deep. So, um, so yeah, and I suppose when I'm drawing up a list of people I want to speak to, I will gravitate towards the ones I think I'm... Probably going to like, but for an easy job, you mean? For an easy so job, so you can say how good they are and <laughs> give so, them all their stats yeah. about how many goals they scored and stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. But then yeah. sometimes um, the more interesting conversations you have with people who you don't, you know, you don't necessarily expect um, to like as much. Mm. Or yeah, it's good to know. Yeah. Kind of just on that point, and I, I don't mean it as in like a, a preconception as in who they are as a person. But I felt very similar with the Bunny podcast yeah. because I had this vision of, I mean, we've all seen how she plays her goal record. You think she's been a striker from day dot. Football's always been first. And she was telling us like, yeah, I played in midfield. Her story was amazing, yeah. Wasn't it was it? incredible. She was like, oh yeah, I, I went to college because obviously she's from Jamaica. She said, I went to college to come out, get a degree and go back and work. And then it just so happened that I, I went for football, but then... But she, she'd only played a striker before she moved yeah. over for one season. She was playing attacking midfield. And now she's she's literally the best in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she wasn't even football, she almost happily stumbled into it the way she was talking, rather mm -hmm. than like a, I've driven up, it's my dream and stuff. That's, yeah. what, that's what jealousy looks like. Imagine that's being that good. That's, that's what it looks like. Well, she went for her education, didn't she? <laughs> exactly. She didn't go exactly. to scholarship and play football. She went for her education and just found out she was ridiculously good at it. Must be nice, yeah. Yeah, just it, I, that was one that I remember coming out of and just thinking, I've I've really learned something here, and and I think she enjoyed it as well, which yeah. is what was really nice. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, looking at looking at her now and her stats and what yeah. she's going to go on to achieve, I think that's I think the big thing I can take from the podcast. And you know, I've only we've only done a few, or I've only done a few. You've done a lot more. Is I think the all the players, men and women, have genuinely enjoyed it mm -hmm. when they've came away from it. You know, it's hundred percent. Which is the most satisfying thing. Absolutely. Because you see, they walk in sometimes, and I'm not saying they don't want to be there necessarily, but they're busy people, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. But then you see the body language and when they leave the room, and it makes you feel like we've done yeah. we've done something it's good. Fair. I don't blame them. When they walk in and see you sitting down at the tablet... It's the last thing they want to do is... The way we make eye contact with them, for the yeah. lights are on them, sit down here. Yeah. You. This is about yeah. to begin. Yeah, yeah. But they're going to get a grill in? No, I'm joking. Yeah, it turns out you're all right. Um, one last question. So... My favourite question that a player has left 
for somebody else was Ruben Diaz um, left the question who in the City squad smells the best. <laughs> um, and Erling, after quite some deliberation, actually, I don't want to give too much away with that episode is now there, so I won't say who who Erling said smelled the best, but put it this way, I knew who he was going to say and he got it right. Um, it's, I wanna, weird, it's a weird it's a weird segment, by the way. I want, I, I want to ask you two. What's weirder is I knew who Rob was thinking of. You was just, <laughs> yeah, listen, it. you're all getting scrapped together. Who, who, of all the people you played with, smelt the best Paul I'm coming to you first yeah there's a few who smelt bad <laughs> yeah trust me I won't name any names though um, the best probably and it was a status thing Ian Wright yeah mm. uh, but I think it's because I was a young kid I was on YTS money I couldn't afford the aftershaves that he, he, that he would buy at the same <laughs> time but he always smelt magnificent fantastic so, yeah. Great answer. Nathan. Great answer. City podcast. I'm like, you right. So, <laughs> um, oh, Patrick Vieira. Do you know, in that double case, on. I'll double on that. Yeah. Patrick Vieira. Really? Yeah, yeah. What was it? What's, Even now, when you see Patrick, it just smells. Because you don't. Magnificent. People, I staff. To, I want to snuggle into him. He smells that nice. Right. Yes, yeah, staff <laughs> used to say he smells magnificent. Yeah. Can't name names on this pod necessarily, but it has been discussed that Patrick Vieira smells incredible. Yeah. But then also, like, through my generation, some guys smell incredible because they'd be taking other people's aftershave and stuff anyway, because they wouldn't get their own. But Patrick very much has his own. Yeah. And like the ladies that worked at the football club used to love it. So is it just aftershave or is the creams involved, you think, as well? Or I, I, I would lotions? not be watching him like that, to be honest. <laughs> no. I tended yeah. not to, but no. I always knew when he was in the room. But we need that. to get him on. <laughs> yeah, Patrick's a shout. Patrick's a shout. Yeah, we need to dig deep yeah. on this. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll sort that out, yeah. He always used to have the Ulvasol, didn't he? When he was playing, he had like the, or was it the vapor? Yeah. yeah. To help with the breathing. And that smells, I mean, I think that smells delightful anyway. It's a bit poorly, but yeah. A bit medical, yeah. Yeah. And on that note, and on that bombshell, <laughs> Got that the, journalism. the end of uh, <laughs> the end of this review um, episode. So we relaunched the podcast. We're twenty episodes in. We all seem to be enjoying it. Um, thank you so much for joining us today to to go back over it uh, to discuss some of our favourite moments. And we've got some ideas for future guests that we want to get on. And some changes we might make and some things we might do in the future. So, But thank you so much for being involved in it. You know, I'm going to be serious I, for one I second. Th I thought you were going to say, we've got some gifts for us or something. No, you were no in there. absolutely not. I thought not. it was a gift coming. No. Definitely not? Maybe when we do 100 episodes. <sighs> okay. Maybe. Right, a bit of work to do but, then. Um, a bit of work to do. But in a moment of um, sincerity, thanks for being a part of it. Because honestly, pleasure. you mm. two, um, you bring so much. And obviously we're just sort of humble fans and, and and writers and I think when they see you there and they hear you know your that uh, you've had shared experiences and, and and they know what you've been through the things that they have they it makes them open up more so without you guys I don't think we'd be getting um anywhere near what we get out of the players yeah, so you're right. thanks very much you're right yeah that's right, yeah. It's about us that's probably the most you, curious yeah. word you've ever yeah, spoken exactly, yeah. yeah finally don't need to fact check you on that one Thanks, guys. Pleasure. Appreciate it. <laughs> Enjoy it. Cheers. Thank you. The unbeatable official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now.